You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. It's the first Sunday of Advent, and if you've been paying attention to the readings for the last couple Sundays, you'd realize that we've received a whole lot of apocalyptic news. If you were over in the nave two weeks ago, I kind of talked about this, how at the end of the church year and at the very beginning of the church year, we don't look to the first coming of Christ. We look to the second coming of Christ. We look to when he will come again to make right all that has gone wrong. And it's not just the gospel lesson today. It's read Isaiah. It's all about apocalyptic imagery. We who are in the time in between times, meaning in between Christ's first coming and his second coming, of course we look back to when Jesus was born, to when he taught, when he died and rose. But we also look forward because we have hope, because we believe that this wasn't just some nice story. It's not just William Wallace dying and yelling freedom and inspiring his people to fight for freedom. No, we believe that Christ will come again to effect what he inaugurated in his birth, life, death, and resurrection. Here, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus talks about when he is coming again. And what does he say? But concerning that day and hour, no one knows. No one knows. I'm not here today to talk to you about end times theories. In fact, I could care less about them. They've been a distraction, all of them. What this text says is that we do not know when Jesus is coming again. The whole point of this text is that we don't know, but we know for certain that he is coming again, and this is why we have hope in the midst of what Matthew is writing. So no one knows. At first, he uses the analogy of Noah. In the days of Noah, before the flood, what does it say? Verse 39, they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. The people of Noah's day were unaware. We are unaware. We know for certain Jesus is coming again. What else does it say? There are two little mini parables. Two men will be in the field, one taken, one left. Two women grinding at the mill, one taken, one left. Notice Jesus is not even getting into Is the one taken good? Is the one left bad? In fact, it's, I mean, I read read the Left Behind series. I was pretty into it back in the day. But what Jesus says here in this parable seems to be the opposite. The one who's taken, 
is the one probably seized by Roman armies. The one left is okay. So we've kind of got it all backwards with our obsession with the end times. What Jesus is saying here is we do not know when he's coming. It is going to come like it came to the people of Noah's day. There will be two men working, doing what they're supposed to be doing, and then it will come upon them. Two women grinding at the mill, it will come upon them. So what's the whole point of this text? Therefore, stay awake. If there's anything that Advent is all about, it's awake, O sleeper. Be watchful. Do not slumber, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. We don't know when he's coming, so be awake. Be watchful. Not in a fearful sense. You and I have the ultimate hope of all. We want the great and terrible day of the Lord. We want him to come again because he will set right in your life and mine and in the world at large. He will set right all that has gone wrong. So then we get another mini parable. But know this, if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Again, be awake, be watchful, be ready. We don't know when he's coming. And interestingly enough, Jesus here portrays himself as a thief. We see, we saw throughout this whole year, Jesus putting himself in a position where you wouldn't normally think a great and holy man would be. Be watchful, be awake. The Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Why is this so hard for us? Why do the people who we oftentimes think as taking the Bible most seriously get caught up in saying, well, this has happened, now he's coming, or here's the date, or Noah knew, so we can as well. When Jesus says the people at the time of Noah did not know. I think it's hard for people of every age, but it's especially hard for people of our age because we are control freaks. Now, I'm sure the ancients were control freaks too, but what I mean by that is we live in a time of data analytics, artificial intelligence, long-range forecasting, all things that are good, right? I mean, I've been told since I was young, be prepared for your retirement. That's long-range forecasting. We like to know when things are happening. But what Jesus is telling us here is you don't know. Jesus goes so far as to say, I don't even know. But the point is that he is coming again. The good news is that despite the fact that we don't know this about pretty much anything in our lives, we know for sure there's a good ending. We know the ending. He is going to make right the hurt in your life. He's going to make right all that is wrong in this cosmos. 
It's a hard pill to swallow. But what is Jesus getting at? Stay awake. Be watchful. We're not puppets. We're not automatons. We, we have faith in the time in between times. We are awake and we are watchful. And notice, you could, I think verse 43 could be interpreted in two ways. Be watchful as if a crisis is at hand. But more than that, I think what it means is be watchful, wake up, meaning in the ordinary events of your life and mine, we live in light of the fact that Jesus is coming again. We live in light of the fact that he will make things on earth as they are in heaven. You and I, in the time in between times, where we experience real hurts, real pain, suffering, and even though death has been defeated, we still die. We live knowing how things are going to turn out. And what this means is because we don't live in despair, because we have real hope, in the time in between times, we work for the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this can very easily turn into a burden, right? You're raising kids. You're working hard at your business. You're doing all of these things. Even people like me who don't do too much, I'm so anxious that I am in the hamster wheel of my mind all the time, and I can go through an entire day. In fact, Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, I did absolutely nothing. But I went to bed completely exhausted because of what I do in my mind. I hope that's not you. I hope you're you know, actually working and feeling productive. But what we are invited to do is to remember. We know the ending. He's coming again. So we are invited to be awake, to watch as people of hope, as prisoners of hope, even when all is going to despair, when all seems wrong, when that little thing that you can do to make it look like heaven is on earth, when it seems in vain, nothing that we do is in vain because the ending is sure. He's coming again to raise the dead, to call into existence the things that do not exist, to make right what has gone wrong. This gives us a hope and a joy. This means that when we look to what God is doing in the world, because that's what being awake means, what is God up to in the world? Not that we're going to bring it about. I mean, you're, you're good enough reformed Christians to know that we don't usher in the kingdom of God. But we can participate in what God is doing. And what does that look like? Well, we don't see it in this part of Matthew, but the, at the end of Jesus' final sermon, which is what Matthew's going over, Jesus gives that parable of the sheep and the goats, and he talks about serving 
the least of these, the blind, those in prison, those so often society has little or no time for. Being awake is having our eyes open to what God is doing in this world. And even though so often what we do feels entirely in vain, none of it's in vain. And I'm not even talking about big things like campaigning or being the head of a charity. I'm talking about the little acts of kindness in your life and mine. These things don't justify us. These things don't make us right with God. But it is, like prayer, an act of defiance. A defiance knowing that we have hope that Christ is coming again. That oblivion is not what awaits us. That none of this is done in vain. So I don't know where these areas of your life are. I'm mostly awake or asleep, so I'm, I'm mostly sleepwalking through life and unaware of what's right in front of me. But here, whether it's in crisis or the everyday long life that we encounter, we are asked to be awake. Again, not as some burden, but to be awake because he's coming again and we can participate in what he's doing and what he will do. This ends up, I think, being a joy rather than a burden, knowing that we're going to fail, knowing that sometimes all of our good intentions end up not being working out the way we planned. But it gives us not just a hope, but a purpose to be awake, to stand up for those who have no will to stand up for themselves, and to anticipate the day when Christ will heal our hurts, and not just ours, but all the world's. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.